Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to dive in today's topic. So here's what we thought we'd explore today, because I get a lot of questions on that, on this particular topic. And I work a lot with my clients on this particular topic. I think the whole world is obsessed with finding our ideal client, your ideal avatar, the right target market. All marketing's based on it. All business is based on it. It's this thing that we constantly, constantly hear. But my question and the exploration for today is how well do you actually know your ideal client? And so this is what we want to explore. What do you think, Laura? Yes. Anything with a deep dive, I'm in. Let's go in there. (laughs) (laughs) And like, let's look at it. Because that is something, I mean, since I started off as an entrepreneur over 10 years ago, I've been hearing about the importance of the ideal client. You and I created that when we did Sama Vida Mm -hmm. and you've done that in your business and then I've done it in my other business. So it's super important. And I get it. I get that we want to know who we're providing a service for, what are their likes, their dislikes, how do they shop for that service or that product. But do we really know that person or how do we know that we are getting it right? Good question. And something I definitely tackle in my program. And so here's the thing. First, let's let's talk a little bit about what happens. So we've been trained through marketing and advertising and all the, you know, all the business sort of perspective that we need to create an avatar. We need to be very specific. We need to know our ideal target market or ideal client. And there's literally a thousand ways to slice it. So, you know, I'm not going to cover today or talk about today all the ways you can define your target market because there is so many ways. You can define it by problem and solution. You can define it by, um, you know, demographics. You can define it by, you know, like specific things that they've been through. I mean, there's just literally so many ways to slice it. But what I'm really interested in exploring is how so often we design our whole businesses or our marketing or our content around an ideal target market that we don't actually know, but we're assuming we know. And there's all these assumptions and expectations and projections on this target market, but how well have we actually gotten to know the specific individuals in the target market? Mm, Really good question. It's like, 
then the other question is, and if we think we know them, we've made all these assumptions, <laughs> I find that we often think we know them so well because they, we think that they are us. Like we think yes. that our <laughs> ideal target person is everything that we are like, Oh, yeah. I'm the one that had this problem and now I've got a solution and I like, I'm vegan and I like to, you know, run two days a week and I really like pink and I like, you know, whatever. <laughs> you can't <laughs> assume that your ideal client is just like you just because they may have some more problems or be shopping for a product or service that is something that you know about. Yeah. So those are interesting. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's that thing where, you know, sometimes, and we are all guilty of it, but some people have personalities that I think are more so than others, but you got that place where you just assume that everything in the world is like the way you see it, you know? So it's like, you're looking through a filter instead of stretching out to see how, how might someone else see it or how might they language it or how much, how might they think? We just assume the whole world thinks and, and experiences everything like we do. And so I think, you know, that is one of the real challenges. And this is why so much marketing fails, so much content fails, why a lot of businesses are failing is because they don't, they're not actually in touch with their real ideal market. They're in touch with an idea they have of their ideal market. And so those assumptions are very dangerous for your business. And, um, and so I think that's really interesting. And, and so, yeah, what, you know, what are some ways, and, and we'll talk about some ways to actually connect with your ideal target market and get it. But what, what I think we need to look at is, is why are we designing things from one perspective and, and it happens from resistance as well. Like that's the other thing. So we might design something by, oh, this person's like us, or we're looking for someone who's like us or thinks like us, whatever. But sometimes we also do it by resistance. Like we don't want someone who thinks like that person. So then we're going to have an ideal target market that thinks like this. And this can happen a lot with money. I see, at least that's what I see with my clients. Maybe they had bad clients who struggled to pay them. And so then they think, I'm going to choose this target market because they can pay me, right? Because they've got lots of money and they can pay me. And then that will make my pain go away. <laughs> so sometimes we're choosing mm -hmm. ideal target markets, not because they're right for us or because they're even a viable market, but because they'll take our pain away. And so I think, we, you know, it's, it's a yeah. really interesting exploration. Why is this starting to dangerously seem so close to dating and finance? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, we do this a lot in our relationships. Like we make assumptions and we think we want things that are not necessarily good for us. And yeah, <laughs> oh, I think it's actually good. I think we will equate finding your ideal target market with finding your ideal partner, right? Or your ideal yeah. mate. It is all the same. Yes, because it is about being very clear about what you want. It's clear about where your biases, your blind mm -hmm. spots, and yep. you know where those might be steering you um, in the wrong direction. And yeah, just like the danger <laughs> of assuming that we know someone um, and projecting all of our hopes and dreams on them and then feeling terribly <laughs> disappointed when they never want to buy our service or our product. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's really, you know, I mean, honestly, it's really, you know, a little bit self-absorbed. Like I think we all, and, and this is what I see in business. Like we love what we do. A lot of us, or we love our products or services, or we know how valuable they are. And so, you know, 
rightly so, we can get really passionate about it. And then we become a little bit self-absorbed. Like it still is really about us and about what we want to give and how we want to serve and who we want to serve. And, and, and sometimes we sort of leave out the other component, like the other half, which is who we are actually serving, like what they want and need and, you know, what they're looking for and what their hopes and dreams are. And so not just what we think they are. So it's a, it's a really cool thing. I I just to start to self explore and realize how self-oriented have I been in my business? Have I (laughs) actually like stretched to look at the other? Yeah. It's like, I'm on a social mission, damn it. Get out of my way. (laughs) I've got this figured out. Um, So this comes back to something, great advice that I've heard you give your clients and you've given it to me. Um, And I'm going to let it say, you say it in your words, but like, so how do you go out and test these assumptions? How do you get the Mm. truth? How do you really discover if you think that this person exist and you think you know them, is there a way we can test our theories? Yes. As a matter of fact, there exactly is. And what I call it is validation. So I have a whole validation process and procedure that I have all my clients go through. And that can be a very extensive process because you've got to test out the target market. So you're, you're obviously testing out your assumptions. You're also collecting data from your target market what is their language? What is their pains? What is their frustrations and hopes? Not what you've just thought about it, but what are they actually saying? And I think that is just so valuable. What are they saying? Because everything out of their mouth is your marketing. Like they are telling you what to say to them. And most people are not asking the right questions. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that whole process. and, And really it's literally as simple as find your target market and have some conversations. <laughs> it's like, you know, I know yeah. old school, right? Like old school, like we used to go and have more conversations. We used to go to more networking and connect people. Now it's like networking is this really gross thing where someone's giving you your business card or like trying to quickly get you to an answer. It's like, you know, like, let's just have sex instead of like, let's court, you know, I think, you know, like, let's have coffee. Let's get to know each other. Like that never happens anymore. We are partly because we're speeded up. And, you know, if you haven't listened to our slowing down episode, that was last week. That's what I was thinking. I was like, (laughs) let's go back to that one and slow it down and have a conversation with each other. (laughs) Yeah. So like literally I help my clients craft ways to be able to just go out and have conversations with their, you know, connections with their target market, low hanging fruit. I talk about as well, you know, anybody who they know in the, in the industry they're targeting to really get information. And I'll qualify it a little bit because there are some ways that are better than others. In other words, like some people are like, well, I'll do a survey. I'll do like a poll in a group. Those are not great ways to get real data because they're short and quick. Someone can put answers that they haven't really thought about. Um, It's not really collecting quality data. Whereas when you're actually connected with someone in a conversation, you can get some super quality data. So, you know, I think that like it is better to actually have a conversation. And I'm talking about like a 45 minute conversation like that kind of conversation, like where you actually like sit and say, wow, tell me about you. Tell me like what you really want. Like, what do you struggle with? Like, who are you? Um, you know, that is so valuable. And do you recommend just being, um, transparent with someone that you're 
launching something new or you have this thing and they really seem like the kind of person that would be interested and you want to have a conversation to just learn more um, about how can you solve that problem for someone like them? Like, do you kind of say more about what you're doing? Like, Hey, are you interested in, in helping me? Cause I want to record this conversation or do you just casually kind of go and talk to the woman in your yoga class? Cause you notice that, I don't know, there's something about her that you think, Oh, she's seems like she's talking about this thing. My ideal target would be interested in. Yeah, look, I think you have to come at it from different ways and you're going to get different data based on that. So the way that I start my clients off is I teach them the sales process because I think it's really powerful, like doing a proper sales conversation and no, this isn't like I'm trying to get you to the end and sell you my program. This is just really pulling out data. And then at the end of a sales conversation, you decide whether you're going to even offer your services because it has to be the right fit. So that's a whole nother conversation. I won't go through the sales process right now, but I think the sales script that I teach is very valuable. It pulls a lot of data from the client. Like you don't even talk about yourself to the last like five minutes, 10, maybe 10 minutes of the, of the whole 45 minute to an hour conversation. All the rest of that is pulling data from the client, from the prospect, from the person you're having a conversation with. So I think that's the most valuable way to get data because it's very real. Like they're looking to get some support or they're looking for some help. And so they're going to be more honest about their answers and very real about it. And I find that that's the best data. If you aren't comfortable doing that, if you haven't learned the right process, or if that's just not the way you want to go, then you can be really transparent and say, look, I'm doing some market research. Would you mind, you know, picking, you know, letting me pick your brain or would you mind um, giving me some information? And I'd be happy to give you some of my expertise at the end of the, end, end of the call, end of the conversation, or, you know, provide you some value. Uh, so you can do it in that way as well. Or you can just start up a conversation. So, you know, one of the things that I feel around sales is that you can sell anywhere and your target market is everywhere. So, you know, like I can start up a conversation in a coffee shop that can lead into a sales conversation. I can start up a conversation in the hot springs that can lead to a sales conversation. And I've done all of that. So, you know, literally it's me sitting in a, in a cafe, for instance, and there's someone next to me and I just start up a conversation like, oh, hey, how's it going? Or I see something that, that I can relate to like, oh, you know, it looks like you've, you know, got this going on or whatever. Anyway, wh- however you start a conversation and then you start asking them questions like, oh, that sounds really cool. What do you do? And then they naturally tell you about their business or what they do. And then you say, cool, well, how, you know, how's that going for you? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, where do you want to go with your business? And then, you know, you can slowly weed into these very casual questions that are like, well, what do you, what do you feel like you're struggling with? And then it's like, it leads into this amazing conversation where you get to pull all this data because sometimes what happens, and this is in the process of me working with my clients through the validation period, probably I'd say 75% of the time, even though we've had really clear assumptions, because I've helped them determine their target market. We've had some clear, you know, pretty good assumptions. They find that the language that's used are the way someone's perceptions are, are so different than what they thought. And so when they get that language and information, they're able to, to actually sh- totally shift the way they've seen their ideal target market. 
Yes. And I love that you actually use the word validation for this process because so you have these assumptions, you've gotten really clear. So they're most likely accurate assumptions, but you don't know until you go out and you validate it. And you can validate this through conversations, real life, people to people. You're looking in these people's eyes in real time um, and having conversations with them. And like you said, there's different ways. And I guess it kind of depends on the situation, on that person, how um, they're responding. Although I really like weaving in the energetic exchange. Like if you are going to say, would you mind like just saying, Hey, I'd love to, would you mind if I offered some expertise, if I could help you, um, kind of unpack this problem and give you some, some ideas and solutions. Cause often people will appreciate that. It's, if it's something that they've been seeking some guidance or just some other opinions on, then they'll welcome that chance to talk it through. Um, now, if you're more introverted, I'm thinking um, our introverts are on the call are going, oh my God, I'm not going to walk up to somebody randomly in a coffee <laughs> shop. I think those the, the introverts have to think about where are these groups and in more intimate um, places like maybe you're a member of a smaller community. It is the yoga class or the book group or like things where maybe there's already a relationship where you feel like it's a bit easier to approach that person. So I don't want anyone who's listening here that's like, no, I can't go up and talk to someone. Um, that there are ways that you could do that that would not be complete strangers or, you know, would probably be an easier way of seeking that real-time interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting as well because it's a skill, right? And if you look at it in terms of building it, so I'm an introvert. Most of my clients are introvert, 90%, I would say, are introvert. And they come in and they're scared to do sales calls. They're scared to talk to anyone. They're scared to get people on the phone. They're scared to reach out to people. And they... And so I help them skill build in small ways. And I think when they do that, they end up loving it. And even though they're introverts, they're able now to strike up conversations anywhere. And I think it starts with practice. So like, you know, one way you can practice is literally just saying hi or, you know, like smiling at people, like just starting to make a connection when you're out in the world, like that's a good start. And you practice that until you're fully comfortable with it. And then you might practice directing the conversation a little bit more, you know, so, so maybe asking a question, but one of the things I wanted to go back to with with what you were saying as well, is that, you know, Uh, in giving value, and I think this is just a really sort of subtle splitting hairs point, but it's really important for results. When you're giving value, if you want to do a value exchange, so someone gives you market research data and you're happy to give them some of your expertise and, you know, some, some help and value. The key to these conversations is that they need to do like 70, 80% of the talking and you should do like 20%. And so, you know, what happens sometimes when people are like, I'll give you expertise or value, and especially anyone who's sort of devaluing their expertise, is that they tend to talk a lot more. Like everything the person says, they're like, oh, well, here, I can help you do this, and this is what you can do. And they want to fix everything, or they want to really offer value. It's in purity and in good intention, but it it really hurts the data. So, you know, the goal for these conversations is you want to ask a question like a short question, and then you want to have them talk. And then you want to ask a short question and you want to have them talk. The value is actually in even listening. Like, I think we lose sight of that, you know? So often my clients are like, well, I didn't give really good value. I'm like, you were present and you listened. And everybody is always like, wow, thank you. I mean, so many people thank them for sales calls. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was so much value. And all they did was listen. But it's like, there's so, that's such a rare commodity these days that you don't realize how much value you're giving just by asking them about themselves and letting them talk to you. Like that in and of oh. itself is value. That is so true. And I think that one little tip that I've learned, because I have that, um, like if somebody says something and then I get an idea, it's like, oh, I want to say that right now, but I'm still listening. It's really interesting because I don't do it as a therapist, but I do it as an entrepreneur. <laughs> as a therapist, mm-hmm. I've been trained way too long to like listen and listen. But as an entrepreneur, somebody says something exciting, an idea that I want to like add on. So a tool that I'm learning and I've been practicing is like just telling people if I'm, if I'm having a conversation like that, that I'm going to take notes. What do they mind? Mm -hmm. Like, do you mind if I just take notes? I'm just going to pull my notepad out here because sometimes, um, I'm going to, you're going to say something I really want to come back to. And I just want to write it down. So remembering like if you're in a conversation and somebody says something that you don't want to forget, um, it's best to just write yourself a little note so you don't interrupt their flow and you can come back to it later. So that's helped me be able to get those little gems from a conversation without derailing the conversation with my enthusiasm (laughs) for whatever it is that they just said. (laughs) I love that. That's really good. And I, and I think, you know, the key here is that it's really about them. You know, it's, yes. it's not really about us. And so, you know, the key for this sort of validation and to really get to know your target market is to let them talk, <laughs> like let them speak. And, you know, there's a, the reason the testing of your ideal target market is so important. And this is what everyone leaves out, like guaranteed, hardly any programs I've been in enough of them, hardly any marketing, you know, components that like, they rarely talk about this. They just are like, choose your avatar and go, go sell them, go, you know, create a beautiful website, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they don't get you to test it. Cause the other thing I found is that sometimes after you have a lot of conversations with your assumed target market, you realize you don't actually want to work with them. They're not the right target market. And if that happened after you spent so much time, effort and energy and marketing and a website and your language and everything else, and then you realize, wow, not a good fit. You know, you've, you've just wasted a huge amount of time and effort. Yes. Yes. And, and I think that to kind of bring in the dating metaphor again, like this term that we use now in dating, when you realize that something's not a fit um, and you just leave without any kind of corrective experience or communication is called ghosting, you know? Mm. (laughs) So then I'm like, are we ghosting our target markets at times when it's not working? Um, But instead of having a conversation with ourselves, like getting more clear or seeking validation, we're just ghosting that target market, that target client, and then leaving all of that work, like you were just saying, um, kind of sitting out there. And I think that's where people get stuck. Like they chose, maybe they went down the wrong path and then they don't know what to do. And they try to ghost that target um, market, but then everybody can feel like there's some inauthenticity about Mm. like, what's going on in their business. I don't know. It's just another thought of like course correcting. Like what do you do when you then have spent, maybe you just spent already too much time, then you validated. And then you realize that either you made the wrong assumptions or, or your person has changed, like you've changed and who you want to support has changed. I don't know. Yeah, no, so good. And I mean, like, I'm really going to be honest, and this is not just because I'm a coach. Like, I think target market is one of the most challenging areas. And really, honestly, most people shouldn't do it alone because it takes 
um, some guidance from someone who understands the impact of a target market, what it actually means, who's worked with multiple target markets, many target markets, many people with different target markets, because you have to understand quite a lot of sort of marketing background to even know how to to choose a target market, to know how to define it and to know if it's working or not. Because one of the things I find for my clients is they can get really frustrated if their, you know, ideal target market isn't responding the way they want, or it's, they're not getting clients from it or something's not, you know, not working. And then they can just be so quick to want to pivot. Like I just, that's, that's a bad target market. I'm going to choose a different target market. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at the data. And sometimes what I find is that within that target market, they've just been talking to the wrong people. So then those yeah. wrong people, it's not the target market's wrong. It's that they're somehow attracting or talking to the wrong part of that target market. So for instance, it might be the target market that has, you know, the target market itself is great, but the people they've talked to have no money. So then they're not converting because they've got no money. And yet the target market is still viable. So I think there's so much discernment that needs to happen. And sometimes it's our mindset. Like we come up against some kind of resistance or some kind of, you know, mindset issue or some kind of psychological thing that's ours. And then we say, oh, bad target market. I'm going to, I'm going to pivot again. Or sometimes we see, oh, that person must have a better target market because they're making a lot of money. So I'm going to pivot to their target market, which is what's happened with women in business, right? Like everyone's targeting women in business. And so, you know, like it's just a really interesting thing because you don't want to be, you, you want to be careful and conscious about choosing careful and conscious about the validation process. And then you want to discern if it's not working, why? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so, I mean, I think the thread running through all of this too is taking time to get, to reflect and um, be more c- clear about what it is that you are really wanting to do in your business or what you're wanting. I guess I'm trying to say like that we, we, this kind of goes to last week, last time. Yeah. The talk on slowing down. It's like, we're, we're spent, we're just so mm. going so fast and we're just speeding and we're trying to hustle and trying to get it all done. And so it's like, Oh, here's the ideal client. Check, check, check. <laughs> you know, um, like, okay, I don't even have time to validate it. I know it. It's awesome. Whatever. I had that one conversation. She seemed great. Completely validated. You know, <laughs> so like, like, I think that we just don't take enough time. I actually yes. saw a meme on Instagram. Um, this, like co-working space in Spain had it on their co-working and it said, um, Beyonce was not built in a day. (laughs) 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 I mean, Beyonce, that is, she's quite the brand, right? And she's quite the persona and that was not built in a day. Anybody like, no, this is not overnight. (laughs) Yeah. Time. Yes. And let me give some reference points because I think let's talk about how much time it actually takes. So I don't consider, I won't let any of my clients pivot a target market till they've had at least 20 calls. So 20 calls is the minimum with their target market that I will like until then, they're just going to keep getting more calls. And once they Mm -hmm. hit 20, we'll look at the data. 
which I make them record. So, you know, what is the target market's frustrations? Why didn't they convert? What was their objections? You know, all the different things. So 20 calls, right? So a lot of people will have like one conversation or two conversations and they're like, done, that these people liked it which that is not enough because there's patterns, like there's, there's, you know, sort of, um, the one hit wonders. There's like someone who's really unique, who has a perspective that nobody else in the market has. I mean, we're talking about generalizing in order to look at a target market, you are generalizing. Like you have to find the more consistent patterns across the board, not the one person who wants what you're offering because you won't be able to reproduce it over time. So I think, you know, the 20 calls gives you some clarification. The validation process that I do with my clients, it can take six months. Like, you know, and and that's with me as a guide and me helping them pivot more quickly if that's what needs to happen. If you're doing this on your own, a minimum a year. Like that that's the kind of slowing down you actually need to do. Most people are spending a week on their ideal client and avatar. Yeah. They're like, yep, I've done the paperwork, right? Because I mean, how many of us have not filled out a client and avatar worksheet? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I downloaded this free opt-in and someone gave me a great template. Check, that's done. And now I'm on to the next thing. So it's like, you know, we're putting some of this in perspective. (laughs) Yes. No, I think that's so important that you've just given a timetable. And I think it's something that we don't talk enough about in business because... There are a lot of those um, downloads out there, like here's a cheat sheet, here's a uh, worksheet, here's a template. Um, And we're kind of giving off the impression by doing those things that everything is just can be done in a couple of weeks. When things are, um, they take time. People, Beyonce was not built overnight. I'm going to keep saying (laughs) that one. Um, (laughs) It's not built in a day. And so this kind of timeline, maybe this is something that um, we can just continue to always bring up in our phone conversations on this podcast is because, yeah, people don't have realistic expectations, I think, of Mm. how long it takes to do things. And people might be asking, well, so then what do I do for a whole year? Like, I can't do anything. I can't do anything because I'm validating my target market. The reality is you're probably already working with something that somewhat works, but you've decided that you're going to improve things and you're working on this target market. Um, So I tell people, you know, don't wait till it's perfect. Work with what you have. But if if you're trying to learn more, then you're going to have to do the 20 calls <laughs> like Sonia has um, her clients doing. You're going to have to take the six months or the year. Do you have any advice on that as the listeners are thinking, oh, what will I do in the meantime as I'm trying yeah. to work that out? Yeah. And I guess, you know, just to clarify, like it doesn't mean, I mean, sometimes, you know, my clients will have it where their second sales call they've ever had. They're in the validation period and they they get a sale. This is why I teach them the sales calls first, you know, and then they're like, Ooh, I've got a client. Like, so that can happen instantly. But the problem is, is that they have to learn the validation period is all about learning the skills and learning to stabilize it and learning to make it consistent. So it's great to have a client that happens to turn over. But if you ask most people in their business, do you know how you get clients? Do you know what exactly you need to do to get more clients? 99% of people would say no, because they don't know what happened. Like, you know, it's one of those things that like, well, I don't know, I'm doing all these things. The client came, I ran into someone, they said yes, but I like, I've tried to do the same things again and nothing's happened and I've gotten crickets Mm -hmm. or, you know, I've got no clients. So the whole point of the validation period 
is to know what will work so that I, yeah. like, you know, you know, and this is what, you know, I know that if I go out and do this action, I'll get this result. That is the, is what validation does. It allows you to know that if you speak this language, your clients are going to resonate. And so that yeah. takes a long time to have the consistency. It doesn't mean you won't have clients or you won't have random things that happen or you won't convert. It just means that in order to do it in a way that's stabilized, it takes time. Yes. 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 The stabilization again. Yes. Important word uh, to stabilize. Yes. It is. Yes. And again, that happens in dating. So first you've got all of this, um, and you start to really validate that this person is legit and you start to stabilize. Um, I love how like, well, and it's funny because, um, I say to people all the time, they're like, Oh, you know, as a therapist, like working with entrepreneurs, like that's really interesting. You know, what are the parallels? And I was like, well, it's everything, like all these things that we do in our relationships, like people come to me for Mm. their relationship with their partner and their kids and their mothers and their dads and all the different things that are happening in their family systems. And then you see it all playing out in their business. And it's like, I just don't know where this is coming from. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We cannot separate the personal from the professional. Like we show up and we should be, we should be showing up as ourselves in our business. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I really hope that what we've sort of brought to the light today is that, you know, finding your ideal target market, your avatar, your ideal client, it's, it is very, very, very important. So, you know, like I know everybody stresses it and they're right. It is important. It also takes time and thought and reflection and some actual structures and, you know, things that you need to do to make sure that that's effective. And I would highly recommend if this is an area you've been stuck in, if this is, if you've changed target market many times in the last six months, if you still aren't hundred percent sure, you know, who your target market is, get help. You can reach out to someone like me. You can reach out to, to another person who sort of works with target market, but find someone to sort of help support you to at least clarify, you know, enough that you can start the validation process or to help you through the validation process, because it really is important. And it, and it is one of those things that I see people get stuck in for years and years and years and their business never gets off the ground and it never gets successful, not because they don't have a viable product, because they haven't really done the work on the avatar, the client side that will allow them to succeed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This was actually very helpful for me. Thank you, Sonia. I, I needed that <laughs> refresher. I needed to be reminded that it's important to take time and to validate those assumptions. Yes. So. And, and, you know, just if you have been in business for a while as well, it's also great to take time. Like I reflect every year or even every quarter on, you know, am I still bringing in the ideal target market? Do I need to, you know, tweak anything? Um, is there some boundaries I need to set? Is there some improvements I need to make? Like it is a growing, evolving thing. So even if you're fully established, you oftentimes need to keep reevaluating. How am I doing? Is there a way to refine this? So just to add mm-hmm. that in. Yes. Love it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next week. 
Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.